Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, the NHL All-Star break is over, and now the Ottawa Senators bye week begins, but we have a rooting guide for you to follow throughout the next week. And it's a Monday mailbag episode. You guys gave us some great questions that we're going to get into. And more, and it's all brought to you by Farm to Fork. Go visit them at farm2forkdelivery.ca and taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 729 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. And we appreciate you making us your first listen every day to help the show grow. Just leave any comment below and make sure you tune in each and every day wherever you get your podcast. Pilsy, my only thoughts on All-Star Weekend is I didn't realize New Jersey Devils fans were so soft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't have to get too far into that, but that was a minor, minor, minor play by Brady Kachuk, and Devils fans reacted. I mean, it's their superstar. You don't want him getting hurt in an all-star game, but also I think Devils fans need to remember that Brady and Hughes are buddies. Like, he's not out there doing anything malicious out there, so let's just tone it down a little here. Devils Imagine fans. Tim Stutzla was Jack Hughes. Habs fans would have had a field day yeah. on the internet. Now, if you don't know the play we're talking about, Brady gave a little jersey tug as he went by Jack Hughes and then scored, may I add. Um, and then he goes down. My favorite uh, of all the Devils fans' antics online, and we almost had a 750-like ratio. How are you? But what I loved most was classic Kachuk family. Like, yeah, um, yeah. The GM of the Devils is Brady Kachuk's cousin. Like, <laughs> you are family. So that was great. Yeah, welcome to the family, Devils fans. Um, just to wrap up the All-Star weekend, Brady Kachuk had five points. Not too yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. He also was the winner. And Matthew Kachuk won the MVP. And uh, Ross, it was I, I didn't watch any of the All-Star game, but looking at the box score, seeing Kachuk from Kachuk, that was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty cool for sure. And great to see them winners, a million dollars split up by the team. So the Kachuk family probably got to offset some of what I'm sure it cost. You see the box, they had about 50 family members there. It was like their first NHL game all over again when Wes McCauley let them have that opening face-off and all that great stuff. So All-Star Game is in the back, and that means that NHL hockey is back. Pilsy, what do you think about having the NHL All-Star Game coincide with the bye week for some teams? Like 11 days, man, that's a long time without hockey for fans, but certainly for players, I understand them getting to recharge the batteries. Yeah, it seems like forever ago since the Sens have played Ross, and we're not even through the longest stretch here. But you know what? I think it's great for the players, especially uh, the Sens. Like, this is going to be a great reset. We talked a lot about that with Mark Mathod in last episode. If you haven't checked that out, definitely go do so. But I think it's a great reset, and it gives guys a chance to get away 
fully forget about hockey for a while because that's a long period of time like most of the time you only get four or five days so they're really going to come back rested we will see if rest is a weapon Ross we will see we will certainly see that sorry uh Guy what's that rest is a weapon yes it is uh Pierre what do you think about rest being a weapon rest is a weapon I've if I hear that one more time I'll go crazy Well, they are going to get some rest here as the players are still out on vacation, but hopefully they come back strong. They haven't lost in 13 days already, Pilsy. Yep, feels good. Four-game win streak. Four-game win streak going into the break, but now Sens fans get to sit back and watch other teams in the wildcard race battle it out. And yes, we are fully aware that the Senators' opportunity to push for a playoff spot is minuscule. Yes. But if there isn't hope, then what is there? So we will provide a little bit of hope as we're pulling up. No, not the NHL.com standings, Pilsy. We got our graphic design team to work on this one. <laughs> Here is where the wild card standings sit right now. And we've already taken off one spot. Washington is a mile ahead up in, in first position. So we, we aren't even going to track them this upcoming yeah. week. And the Sens aren't looking to get the top wild card spot. They are just looking for a wild card spot. So really, we're gunning for that eighth and final spot in the East. Just hoping to sniff around the playoffs. That's all. That's all. We're just looking for a sniff. That's it. And right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins have 49 games played. They are home to Colorado this week. Always a key matchup, the McKinnon-Crosby storyline and all of that. And then they go to Anaheim for what we call free point night against a Ducks team that just can't win games. So hopefully if you're a Sens fan, you're, you're looking at Pittsburgh and say, okay, no points against Colorado. And then you just kind of have to schedule that they're going to get their two against Anaheim. Just yeah. like Ottawa got four points against Anaheim. They are the gift that keeps giving to every other team in the league. But then it gets interesting, Pilsy. Buffalo in the same position as Ottawa, outside of being five points ahead. Buffalo is also on their bye week, so they don't play this week. But out of the other teams, who are you most rooting against? The Islanders, the Panthers, the Flyers, or the Red Wings? It's the Islanders for me. And that might seem like a weird answer because they're out of division, but that's the team they just loaded up getting uh, Bo Horvat and they're going to have so many games in hand, Ross, or we're going to have so many games in hand up against them. But this is a schedule for them. If you're uh, just listening, they have three games up until February 11th when the Sens play again. And those games are Philly tonight, then Seattle, and then Vancouver. And then also they play Montreal on the Saturday. So they have a chance to really win some games here. And now that you got Bo Horvat, a guy that could put the puck in the back of the net, combine that with a defensive game and one of the best goalies in the league, this team could really have uh, provide some trouble for the Sens. Well, and then you look at next week, Ottawa plays against the Islanders. Huge and that game. game is on the second half of back-to-back on the road with travel. But hey, we're going to get used to saying back-to-back. Ottawa has four back-to-back sets coming up to finish off the month of February. But I'm with you, man. You look at that five games in hand by next Saturday. You're just hoping, man, try to not let them get more than three games worth ahead, right? They're four points ahead right now. If you can hold them to two points in those three games, it's a lot to ask with the opponents that are coming up. But I think that's kind of the goal, what you're looking for. I'm going to go a different direction, though. I'm going to say the Florida Panthers. And it's kind of a catch-22 because I want the Senators to do better than Florida. But I also don't want Florida's draft pick that goes to Montreal to be too high. Yeah, true, true. So it's a tight balance here where I want them to be in that mushy middle. Like if Florida ended the season right where they are, that would be great. 
but I'd like Ottawa to jump and maybe the Islanders to fall back. But all that said, I think Tampa Bay, obviously, it's the same kind of rivalry that a hammer has with a nail. We saw that in the playoffs last year. The old sweep in the second round. That's going to be a fun matchup. But if San Jose could steal a couple points on the road from Florida, that would make me a happy man. The only problem, Pilsy, is all these these teams are, are playing some gimme opponents ahead, right? San Jose, Vancouver, Anaheim all seem like kind of gimmies. Yep. Now, Detroit is the interesting one because it it looks different having Philly ahead of them, but realistically with those three games that Detroit has in hand, they're pretty much – they're at Ottawa right now in points percentage. Yep. They've got Edmonton and Calgary at home. If they could go 0-2 there, I think that would be a nice little boost for the Sens as well because by the time the Sens play next, it's going to be Detroit, Buffalo, and Ottawa, the three teams that at the start of the year we're looking at at the same phase in the rebuild. They're all going to be at 50 games, and at that point, that's where you need to use the games in hand and make sure that they're, they're effective. So those games in hand for Detroit are happening this week. So that's where you're, as a Sens fan, sitting back and saying, oh, two Western Conference opponents? Give me those road dogs right now. Um, So I'm fired up for that. Now, Pilsy, this is going to bring us into a great conversation with our friends at FanDuel. But I also want to tease what's coming up. Mailbag. And I'm excited for this one, Pilsy, because we're getting some great questions on Twitter at Send Central. If you're not following there, please do. The road to 10,000 is quickly. It's like what they say when you've got on your side mirror. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. We're coming. Now, questions like, if you could take back one move that Dorian's ever made, what would it be? And how about this one here? If you have one year to go all in to win the cup with this core right now for the Senators, and maybe we don't get ahead of ourselves. Maybe we say playoffs first. But uh, (laughs) when this core, in terms of its aging curve, contracts, what year would you push chips into the middle and try to make a very strong push. We'll get to the entirety of our mailbag coming up next. You are listening to Locked On Senators. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens. Ross, I've been pushing the Athletic Greens lately. I'm on day 10 in a row of starting each day off with one scoop of AG1 in my cup of water every day. It's real easy. So easy. I love Athletic Greens, too. How about how many nutrients you can get in each scoop? Ross, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and more. And this blend is going to make you feel good. It's making me feel good because it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of those things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, which I love because doesn't matter whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting good. I love the taste. And it's going to cost you less than your coffee habit. So if you're going out getting a coffee before work every day, why not switch things up in 2023? Get your AG1 instead. That's the way you got to do it to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in your cup of water every day. A simple guy like me can do it. So can you. You don't need different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to hook you guys up. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. 
Again, guys, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We also want to tell you about our friends at Farm to Fork. Every Monday's episode of Locked On Senders is brought to you by Farm to Fork. It's a premium meat and seafood delivery service servicing the Ottawa, GTA, and Montreal areas. If you're on the way, let's say Cornwall, for example, put in your postal code on their website. They will make sure that the premium meat is delivered right to you. First and foremost, it's absolutely delicious. I mean, what more do you need than 5.0 stars average? If you have an average of five stars, that means you're not getting any bad reviews. It's all good when it comes to farm and fork meats. It's all natural. It's antibiotic-free, hormone-free, ethically raised. The meats are flash-frozen after being hand-cut at the butcher's table. So that meat, it's as fresh as it can be. It's way fresher than at the grocery store. And have you looked at the prices of grocery stores? Get out of there. Go to farmtoforkdelivery.com. It's the number two, farmtoforkdelivery.ca, and go check them out. And the best part is... Their steaks are unreal. The ribeyes, elite. Sirloins, Pillsy loves his sirloins. You want high-end steak? You got some friends coming over? You want to impress? Get some Wagyu. You know Wagyu beef? You know how they consider it Wagyu, Pillsy? No, let's hear it. They literally massage the cows all yeah. day long. Those cows are uh, living good. They're living better than us, Pillsy. I'll tell you that for free. And they taste better as well. They are unreal. You got to go check them out at farm to fork delivery. And because you are a listener of Locked On Senators, you get $40 off your first purchase by using SENS40 as the promo code. So please go use promo code SENS40 for $40 off. How much meat can you get at the grocery store with $40? It's a trick question. Not much with the prices. But at Farm to Fork, you can certainly get a ton. With $40 off your first purchase, go check them out, farm2forkdelivery.ca, and let us know on social media what you think. We can't wait to hear your five-star review. It's farm2forkdelivery.ca. Check them out, farm2forkdelivery.ca. All right, Billsy. Day six without Sens hockey. Ugh. God, is it ever good going into the break beating the Leafs and Habs twice, though. Four-game win streak. Woo! Ridley Gregg's never lost an NHL game. It's true. Yeah, <laughs> damn. We got to keep this guy around. These are all facts. Well, he did go down to Belleville, and if you missed it, of course, last week, Troy Mann fired as head coach of the Belleville Sens. Still a lot of mystery surrounding the decision. What happened behind the scenes? Ian Mendez mentioning that Troy Mann with a year and a half left on his contract might be best to just take the take the punches, lean up against the wall, yep. collect collect his money, and then if he has if he wants his side of the story out, I'm sure he'll be getting that out there in due time. Um, but it does feel like there is more to any story. Of course, Claire Hannah mentioned what she heard, um, but nothing's confirmed. Nothing's uh, confirmed at all. So we're going to continue to monitor that situation. Of course, Ian Mendez, his weekly mailbag, all good. But we thought we'd have a little bit of a mailbag as well at Send Central on Twitter, impromptu. So you never know what you're going to get at Send Central on Twitter. One day we're wishing Christoph Schubert a happy birthday. Yes. The next minute we're throwing up a mailbag at Send Central. So we're going to pull it up right here and we'll just go through it one by one. 
We're not discriminating on anything. We're just going to roll through and answer each question as it comes. Kevin Jimena. Of course, Kevin has his question in the mix. Which TSN? He knows we're TSN guys, not Sportsnet guys. TSN all day. Which TSN personality would you want to work with if we were a part of the TV broadcast team? Now, we could take this a few different directions, Pilsy. Do you want to go as though we're broadcasting the game like we're play-by-play who would be our color guy or we're hosting in the studio who would we want as our analysts i think we're hosting in the studio makes more sense okay do you want to have a draft of i figure we should have three each right because it's usually four people up or is it usually three it's usually three so let's we'll each pick two analysts sense centric or are we just doing like a national broadcast for example, Sense. like, like Sense. Jeff O'Neill might be on my list if it's like like a World Junior or something, but I wouldn't want him on a Sens broadcast. Yeah, no, no, Sens-centric. Sens perfect. This is Sens Central, after all. You do the first pick. Honestly, I think I'm going Bruce. Like, I, I want Bruce there. Like, uh, we got to do question period and answer periods uh, with Bruce during the intermission. This is a good time for Bruce. Trade deadlines coming up. All the ownership talk is happening. The guy, the guy, he's in the know. I want him on that panel. So I'm going Bruce first. I can't believe you left this. I'm going to bring it up to him next time we have him on. I'm going Mark Mathot, first overall pick. Are you kidding <laughs> me? That's our friend of the show. The guy's been on eight times. You're not going to give him the love? No. Hey, look, I, I love Mark Mathot, and uh, we always appreciate when he's on the show. But I just thought for where the sins are right now with trade deadline and ownership stuff, I got to have Bruce there. Okay. Um, are we doing snake style? Yeah, you go ahead. I'm, I'm absolutely dominating this then. It's Cheryl Pounder. Okay. Like, I got meth and Cheryl Pounder as my as my two choices here. No, that's uh, that's a solid choice. You know what? I'll, I'll go to our guest of last week, Claire Hanna. Got to okay, keep the well, positivity up. You know, Ross, I can't drive the bus, so either you got to be driving the bus or I think she can handle it well and she'll just throw us questions, but – positive vibes she's a lot of fun everybody if you haven't checked out our interview with claire hannah go check it out it's a good time we get into a lot of her career and uh have some fun so yeah i'm, I'm going bruce and claire i don't mind those all right ones. i like that let us know in the comments who your favorite tsn personalities are because there's no bad choices like obviously dave poolin could be in the yeah. mix jamie mclennan could be in the mix um i'm trying to think of, of who else we typically get obviously ray ferraro before he left tsn he would have been a great guy to, to get because Obviously, he's uh, he's not afraid to share his opinion. Carter Cannon ninety five says, "If you were GM of this team, would you trade this year's first round pick to acquire a top four D, or we need to use it, or use some of our prospects and picks to acquire it?" Certainly, it's a great question to me, especially after seeing where the Senators' prospect pool ranked in terms of Scott Wheeler's league wide. And yes, it's one man's opinion, but I think everyone in the league can understand the sense of graduated a lot of their talent, like LA's prospect pool list was ranked like six Quinton Byfield still considered a prospect so where would the Sens list be if Tim Stutzel was still on that right so there is that caveat although I still think they need they need a top end talent in their prospect pool going forward and this draft by all accounts and we'll get into it a lot after the season I'm keeping this year's first round pick I don't care it has to be like an elite top four defensemen on a good contract there's a short list of of defensemen that I would trade this year's first round pick for in all likelihood it's a top 10 pick as much as we hate to say it 
I'm not trading this year's first round pick. Now, 2024, sure, you can have it, but the Sens desperately need a top-end talent in their prospect pool. I'm not trading it. I'm with you, Ross. You don't trade the first-round pick this year. They traded last year's first-round pick. This team, they're going to need to replenish because the thing is, you need to start looking at the cap here, and all those guys are signed long-term. You're going to need some quality ELC entry-level contracts to sneak up in there while they're still only making under a million dollars so no you got to keep that first round pick no matter what I, I don't even think there's any defenseman I can think of realistically that would be traded that uh, would involve the first pick so nope keep it not even Sean Dersey <laughs> moving on uh Damian Smith sent Central Citizen if you have one year to go all in to win the cup which one is it with respect to contract, age, experience, etc.? Pilsy, I look at Claude Giroux's contract, and by the third season, so two years from now, his last season, you're going to convince Giroux. Giroux's not retiring after this contract. There's a 0% chance. He wants to play. He's got his kids growing up. His kids love him being in the NHL. He's signing another deal, and you want it, need it, has to be back in Ottawa. He has to play the rest of his career here, and if he's not convinced that this team can win a cup, by two years from now, he ain't staying. So you have to buy the time Giroux in his last year. So not this season, not next, but the one after. That's the year you go. You have to be a competing playoff team. You don't have to sneak yeah. in the back door. You need to be a competing team. So I'll say two years from now when Giroux in his final year. Ross, I know maybe this isn't good podcast uh, debates, but I'm right with you. It's 2024-25 season. The Drew point is an excellent one, but also a lot of the guys, I don't want to call them spare part guys, but the guys that aren't locked up, they're not going to be around. Uh, And a big thing too, Ross, is that's a huge year because Matt Murray's dead cap is gone. All the... All the buyouts are gone. Not only that, well, Colin White's is still here, but Colin White, you save $625,000 that year. So have Giroux, Colin White saving money on the buyout, and a lot of these guys are going to be locked in. Alex Brinkett's going to be midway through his bridge deal, and (laughs) you're going to have a new number one goalie at that point. The top four right-hand D is going to be acquired. Uh, the top pick from this year's draft is going to be scratching the surface. So, yes, the year to go all in is 2024, 2025. And, Ross, what is the final year of the years of unparalleled success? Is it that year or the one before? I think it might be the one before, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we're just pushing. Hey, the pandemic pushed everything back. It, it, True. There, Good point. There was yes. supply chain issues. with yes. the, uh, Material change, as people would say, Ross. There's been a material change to the years of unparalleled success. (laughs) There really has been. Kate, there's lots lots more great questions coming. We're going to get to them, but we also have to tell you a quick word. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends. Yes, they are our presenting sponsor most days. It is FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you might say, hey, Ross, why are you doing this ad? Pilsy loves FanDuel. Yes, You're throwing me for a loop here, Ross. Well, because we're going to get to Pilsy's Parlay of the Day presented by FanDuel. I'm going to work so hard to get Pilsy's Parlay up on FanDuel, and you can ride or fade <laughs> Pilsy on FanDuel. But FanDuel is the the America's number one sports book, and we're working on getting this free bets guaranteed in Canada. 
hopefully sooner rather than later. Our channel manager is also Canadian. He knows how important it is to get this for you Canadians. So if you are in America, we know we got listeners in the States. Join today and get $150 in free bets when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked on. You can bet from the money line to point spread. What are you doing, Pilsy, on your parlay of the day? You going anything crazy? What's your call? Well, not too crazy, but a little crazy here because we're looking out for the Ottawa Senators in the wild card race. So my parlay of the day, and you can find it on Twitter at BrandonPillar1. I tweeted it out. It's a two-team parlay that includes the Philadelphia Flyers beating the New York Islanders in regulation. That's the key. So 60-minute line on FanDuel at plus 162. Then the second part of that, Ross, you already mentioned it. It's the Florida series, the Tampa Bay Lightning in regulation at plus 128. The same rivalry as a hammer and a nail, the Tampa Bay Lightning being the hammer. And that's going to give you pretty good odds, plus 497. So a $10 wager will win you $49.74. Let's go. So check all those great odds out at FanDuel and don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com. Make sure you do it responsibly, but make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network and the NFL. Now, Pilsy, let me keep cooking. But when I don't want to cook, I go to Shawarma Palace. Now, Shawarma Palace is my favorite place to get food in Ottawa. It's not even close, really. I always go to the one at Rideau Street by Augusta, the OG Shawarma spot. And if you've ever been there, you know there's a long hallway. Then you turn right. Then you line up. The amount of times that you go there, especially in the summer or after the bar, and the line goes all the way down, that just shows you how well-loved Shawarma Palace is. Now, if you Google, I had a guy at work the other day. He goes, I went to Ottawa for the first time. I said, oh, yeah, what'd you think? He goes, there's a shawarma shop on every corner. Yeah, we love shawarma in Ottawa. It's the shawarma capital of the world. But in every capital, there still has to be the best neighborhood. And for that, in Ottawa, it's Shawarma Palace. So head there at any of their nine locations. That number's growing. They will soon be at the Saint Laurent Shopping Center. They're in Orleans. They're everywhere. You can never be too far away from a shawarma palace, the Carleton University Food Court. Everywhere you go, Shawarma Palace is right there. But if you don't want to actually go to Shawarma Palace, just check them out on Uber Eats. You can find us there guaranteed on February 17th because Sens games taste better with Shawarma Palace. Game days taste better with Shawarma Palace. So we're starting our day there before we go to the Glebe Central Pub. Abbas, the owner of Shawarma Palace, will be on the shuttle with us on February 17th. He's a big Sens fan. And support your own by going to Shawarma Palace. It's Ottawa's best food. Sends games taste better at Shawarma Palace. Head there and make sure you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, Pilsy. Back to the mailbag we go. Tomorrow on Locked On Senators, we're going to do a full, complete prospect roundup. There's a lot of guys cooking, especially Stephen Halliday. A lot of guys cooking and dishing for us. (laughs) Stephen Halliday will join us on Friday's Locked On Senators, so stay tuned for that. We hope to have Meth back on this week as well. Going to be a fun week, and then Pills is off to Vegas, where I'm sure he'll be checking out the FanDuel Sportsbook. But we'll be back. For the mailbag right now, 
Jimmy's Stu, we appreciate the question, but I think we've touched on this a lot. Like the Greg versus Pinto debate at this point, don't make us choose. That's what, that's my explanation. Don't make us choose. I want to see more than a four game sample size for Ridley at the NHL level. And I want to see Pinto have more time after, you know, missing an entire year of his development and then being put in a position to not succeed. You can say it is with good players, but I think that he's kind of cut out right now for third line center spot. So I don't know if you have a take on that, Pilsy, if you, if you want to go in on one, but I don't think either of them need to be traded right now. I think you you don't want to end up in a, in a uh, Ben Bishop, Robin Leonard situation, you know, where you give up one and then you end up giving up the other. And then that guy goes to Stanley Cup final two years later. So I just, patience is key right now. My quick uh, Coles note take on this is both Shane Pinto and Ridley Gregg are untouchable, yet one of them is going to have to be traded. But not, not yet. No, like not yet. Not yet. Ends don't have a great prospect pool, and then Ridley Gregg was their number one prospect in this list. And it's like, oh, we got to trade him. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have some young pieces, and Ridley's got three years left on his entry-level deal. Now, He's likely going to burn one of those years. If he plays nine games this season, he's at four. Um, So we'll see. How many points do the Sens end the season with? I think we mentioned that their over-under at the start of the year was, what, 87? I think it's 87 and a half, yep. And we had the over. I think right around there is probably probably a pretty good call. I'm going to go with 88 points, Ross. 88 points. Okay. I'll say I'll say 85. Just to be okay. different. Just to be different. Uh, but appreciate that question. That underscore sends fan 24. Sends burner. The Sens need a legitimate heavyweight moving forward. Young team. Not a whole lot of depth. Cast can't fill that role solo. Who should we acquire? I think it's a fair question when you look at Austin Watson, who could be a guy who gets moved at the trade deadline. Yep. I think Casty's the type of guy who can take on that role. Now, would I like a second guy who can who could drop the mitts in a pinch? Sure, but I don't think they need to go out and get like a Scott Sta- Sabrin or anybody. Do you? Uh, I don't think so. There's one guy. I just want to look up what he's been doing lately. Because one guy that I think if you're if you're trying to make the playoffs and you want some toughness on your team, this is the guy to go for, Ross. Nick Delorier, I think, is that perfect guy. Like he, he adds a lot of toughness. He's a guy that I think players – feel bigger when he's on the ice with them. And obviously he doesn't put up many points as his career high is 15 points. And that was like eight years ago, but he's 31. I think he could be your Austin Watson type here. The only problem, and maybe this is something the Sens like because they did it with Austin Watson, but he got a four year contract this off season. Bilzy. That's, that's a lot to be given. What's the AAV? 175. Yeah, okay. I mean, I just don't yeah. like being locked in. I think those types True. of players should be on one, maybe two year deals. They get locked up, then all of a sudden, by the third year, you're like, "Hey, can we move this guy yet?" Like, kind of like Watson. For a year, we're like, "Okay, this is sweet. He's gonna put his face in front of shots. Sure, he doesn't win any fights, but he's gonna be a team type guy." But by the third year, you're like, "Okay, can can we move it along?" But you're right. He he bounced around, and on every team, they they did play bigger, and he is certainly a heavyweight. Yep. Amy Bell, Little Miss Hockey, nineteen. How? How would you fit Norris, Stutzla, Pinto, Greg, and Kastelik into the lineup next year? Basically, who do you move to the wing if all five of those centermen are there? Easy answer. It ain't who? Greg. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't I don't dislike it. Because Timmy has to stay in the center. We've we've seen what he's done on the wing and we've seen what he's done in center. Norris, I know some people have argued he could be a winger, but I like him as a two-way type centerman. And then Pinto, you're not moving Pinto to the wing. And Casti is an elite face-off guy already at a young age, and he's the perfect fourth line center. So I think it's it's really great. I, the only reason I'll make an argument for, for Norris move to wing because he's got a pretty bad wing on his shoulder. And I think that maybe eventually you say, hey, just don't take face-offs anymore. But that's why you put him on a line with Brady or Giroux. Right. Interesting. No, it's a good question, though. And, and eventually somebody's going to have to move to wing. And I uh, heard Troy Mann last week say that Ridley's never played wing for an extended period of time outside of one of those little um, – those little tournaments there with Team Canada. And even then, he pushed his way and played center on that checking line. Kyle Kachuk, selling at the trade deadline, who's most likely to get dealt? Kyle, I would say go to Cap Friendly. Go and see who are unrestricted free agents after this year. And your guess is as good as mine. But to me, Cam Talbot's the most intriguing piece. Because where does he fit going forward? Are you looking to re-sign him? He's been pretty inconsistent. But when he's good, man, is he ever Good. So I think he's an interesting one. The guy who I'm going to have my eye on as well is Tyler Mott because he's a player who any playoff team could use, but what's the value? Because he only went for a fourth round pick last year. So is that all you're going to get back at that point? If you just try to re-sign him, he can be a pretty solid, effective depth bottom six player. And then on the back end, will you get any takers for a Nick Holden or a Travis Hamanick? I don't know. Uh, I think Hamnick, you got to retain salary, and Nick Holden, you're looking at a sixth or a seventh round pick. So yeah, the the Sens special, eh? The Coburn, Gabranson, yeah. uh, Josh Brown, <laughs> not getting a whole lot back. Uh, the second cup in Hazel Dean Mall. All right, good second cup. I uh, actually go there in the mall here in in Winnipeg. Do you see the Sens winning the cup with the current core? Absolutely. Let's do it. Absolutely. Uh, Hot lunch. If you could take back, this is a great question. I teased this earlier. If you could take back one move that Pierre Dorian made, which would it be? Now, I would like to add this caveat before I throw it to you. Okay. Mark Stone got traded and then immediately signed to a nine and a half million deal over eight years. So I would say if if that's your answer, you have to be all right with giving him that contract because he got it right away. Yeah. And, Look, I love Mark Stone, but his injury struggles are very serious. So as much as I would love to keep him, if they keep him, he's the captain and Brady's not. And this whole team looks a lot different. So in hindsight, yes, the return was garbage. (laughs) Like, let's just be real. But that's not the move I'm picking. Is it only trades here? Are we doing like draft reviews too? Where He says move. He doesn't say trade. Well, I'll take the low-hanging fruit then, if it's all right with you. It's the first move he ever made. Oh, okay, good. That's not what I'm going with. But Mika Zibanejad, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I mean, but then on the flip side, you look, Derek Broussard was a pretty decent part of the playoff uh, team there. So, yeah. yeah, sure. Not saying that Mika Zibanejad wouldn't have been, but Broussard did what he had to do. Mika scored 50 goals the other year. Yeah, yeah, I I know. In the long term, it's it's right. god awful, but at yeah, the time, it was twenty twenty. Okay. It's Mika. Yeah, I I'm going with the Matt Murray uh, acquisition because there's so many reasons for that. 
A, it was so weird to bank on a goalie like that at that time. You trade a second-round pick, not a big deal, but to give him that massive contract right away was just such a head-scratcher. So you give up a second-round pick, you're paying him all this money. I really feel like he was kind of a wet blanket on this team's fun culture. He didn't fit in with the guys at all. He played horribly and then played amazingly in spurts. He was the injury woes were terrible. Then you got to retain salary and send a pick to send them to the Maple Leafs of all teams. You're still paying those buyouts, and it gave the expectations of that off season were just so off. Acquiring uh, Murray, signing Dadanov, like it was just way off, and the Murray thing really threw a wrench in the plans there. So honestly, I'm I'm going with the Matt Murray acquisition. Okay, that that's fair. I like yeah. that. Um, uh, yeah, that sucked. Uh, Nick Spence, a little trivia for us. Now, I've gone and found the answer to this, so I'm going to throw it to you. because Of we course. Needed, we needed someone to have the answer. We're not just both going to throw names out there. Okay. And then have it. I will say I knew who the worst one was. I knew that. Credit to me. Nice. Can you name the five teams? Let's do three, just for time's sake. That the Sens have the best regular season winning percentage against and the three worst. Uh, I'm going to go, oh, let's start with best. Uh, I got to think Columbus is in there. Number two. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, I want to go with Montreal or, or Toronto. Like Montreal's 10th. And then Toronto? Fifth. Okay. So there would have been in the five. So I'm, I'm happy with those guesses there. Uh, you know, what's ironic. Um, they have, so there's 32 teams in the league, I guess 31 that they play against. So maybe it's, it's less cool, but they have 16 teams that they're 500 or better against. Oh, nice. Almost exactly half the league. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got one of them here. One of them is interesting, but I mean, it kind of makes sense when I look back. Is it Chicago? No, Chicago is. No, Chicago had a lot of good years. Chicago's actually. One of the answers to the worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Ten wins in 39 games against Chicago lifetime. Yeah. In hindsight, they were a dynasty for a long time. That's a bad Soon, choice. Soon to be 11 and 40, though, because we ain't losing that game February 17th. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, for the best teams, I'll, I'll cut it there. Otherwise, we're going to lose people here. Yeah. New York Islanders, they have the best against a 650 oh. percent, points percentage. That's and good to know, Ross, coming moving forward here. Yep, and then the Tampa Bay Lightning, their expansion. What? Yep, a 582 points percentage. Actually tied with the Winnipeg Jets, and more of that was with the Atlanta Thrashers. So, uh, Ross, who cares that the Lightning have been Stanley Cup contenders and have won a bunch of cups? We got the regular season uh, record against them. Raise the banner. Pat on the back. Can you name who they, who they have the worst points percentage against? It's easy, Pills. Seattle? No. Seattle's not up there? They, they're second. They have one win in three games. Oh, okay. Well, I was going for top three, so yeah, that's this, one of them. This is way worse, dude. Arizona. No. Oh, they always suck against Arizona, so I thought that was it. They're 500 against Arizona. Boston. No. They are Boston. They have the 26 best, so six R- worse. Rangers always beat them. Oh, dude, this is an easy one. Who always beats the wheels off of the Ottawa Senators every time? Golden Knights. Yes. Okay. Sens are one and seven in the in lifetime. <laughs> one seven and two. They have one win in ten games. Yikes! Golden Knights. 
Uh, appreciate that. This is a great question, too. Bill Victory, favorite Sens game that you saw boots on the ground? He mentions that he was at the Pajot four-goal playoff game. That's got to be right up there. Pilsy, what's yours? Mine, honestly, was this year's home opener. Like, it was yeah, just an absolute bash, a bash, a uh, 7-5 game, up and down, the Swayman chance. We did the meet and greet before. It was so much fun. We uh, went out afterwards. It just, it really felt like hockey was back in that moment. And, uh, like, the Ottawa Senators were 0-2 heading into that game. So this was a must-win game. And... I just had an absolute blast. So anytime you get to see a 7-5 game win up against the Bruins at home for the opener, I know maybe that's recency bias, but for me, that's my top one. Because I haven't been to any playoff games like you, so that's uh, the home opener is mine. Yeah, th- this is probably too low-hanging fruit, so I'll give two answers. But I-, I, got, I was very lucky. I got to be at the first Stanley Cup final game in Ottawa. Yeah, that's game three. Yeah. Only game they won the whole series, too. So you're feeling good. And it was a back-and-forth game. Ray Emery was unreal. I think it was 5-3 win. Volchenkov scored a goal. Like, come on, that's unreal. Uh, Chris Neal scored a goal as well. Um, so th- the vibes were unmatched. I was 14 years old. Like, it yeah. was just unbelievable. Uh, grade 9 at the time. So, like, old enough to appreciate it. Um, but other than that, you know what? I'll give you a regular season one. And Pilsy, obviously, that home opener was unreal. That's high up on my list. I got to go with the Pittsburgh game during the Hamburglar run. I was living in Halifax at the time, came back for Easter. There were four games left. So the Hamburglar was already a phenomenon, but they hadn't made playoffs or, or yet even close. I get there. Sidney Crosby scores 10 seconds into the game. It's 3 nothing after the first period for Pittsburgh. I legitimately thought I personally mushed the Hamburglar. And then they came back. That was the game where Mark Stone again in overtime where he goes skate to stick and scores there. So that's that's my other answer. I thought that was a really fun game. Uh, but man, this could all be overdone by February 17th. If you haven't gotten your tickets, Glebe Central, Central, Sh- Glebe Central Pub Shuttle, easy for me to say, will be an absolute blast. All right, a uh, couple couple more. We'll probably end it here with Peters because we've been going long, but we appreciate everyone for putting it. We'll do some rapid fire to all the ones. I want to make sure everybody gets an answer that we have. Peter, is the Great Dane able to be a solid backup next year if Talbot leaves, or do we look outside the organization in the summer? I think they got to solidify it from outside. I love Matt Sogard. Great guy. A little inconsistent, though, still. I don't think it's the worst thing for him to play a year or two more in Belleville. Like Injuries have been a factor, but I would not be confident if he goes into training camp as the number two guy. If there's an injury and he has to be, sure, but I, I'm not. I'm not ready yet. Yep, and the Great Dane isn't ready yet either. And Peter, if this was going to be an option for the Great Dane to back up Forsberg, the Sens would have kept Philip Gustafson, and he would have backed up Forsberg. So we already have our answer here. Hundred percent innkeeper. Who's losing their roster spots with the return? of injured players. Well, I mean, a lot of the injured players are already back, right? Tyler Mott, Matthew Joseph. Those are two of the main guys. Now, Mark Kastlick is the answer right now, although he's recovering. But he's in Belleville. Well, that's what I'm saying. They just, they they cut him (laughs) Uh, for lack of a better term. Well, is it a conditioning stint? Who knows? But uh, I think that that's an interesting thing to look for going forward. Now on the back end, when Zub comes back, Nikita Zaitsev, they're 11, three and one. Now, some people are trying to balloon his impact. I get it. It's, it's definitely somewhere in the middle. But if we kept hammering that they were 1-8 or 1-10, whatever it was, with him in the lineup to start the season, then you have to give him credit. You can't just take, 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 and then not give 
And I gave him a shot. He was almost a standout for me in the last game. That bank pass to, to spring the rush that got the game-winning goal against Montreal was legitimately impressive. So yep. I don't think he comes out of the lineup. It's, to me, it's probably Nick Holden when Zub comes back. You? Yep, Nick Holden's the seventh defenseman. Okay. Um, we've got goal. Why did Hyenda think Wah was a good idea? I don't know. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. You? <laughs> uh, it's their, uh, no free ads, but that's their uh, campaign. Wah is, I believe, wow in uh, Korean. So they're going with uh, the wah wow factor. I don't know. <laughs> you want wow? Go check out Shawarma Palace. You want wow? Go get farm to fork delivery.ca. Sends 40 for $40 off your first purchase. Pillsy, what's coming up tomorrow? Unlocked on Senators. Well, we haven't done a prospect roundup in quite a while, so we're going to do a prospect roundup. I'm excited to talk about a couple guys here. This is some sense prospects have been absolutely lighting it up recently. And Belleville All-Star Weekend is happening right now. And uh, Igor Sokolov is Belleville's All-Star. He did the skills competition and the game goes tonight. So we're going to get into the Belleville stuff and now we've had some time to kind of digest the Troy Mann situation. We'll talk a little bit more about how that fallout has all shaken out. Also this weekend, Bo Horvat signed an eight-year, $8.5 million extension with the New York Islanders. We'll ask, does that affect Alex DeBrinkett's next contract? And then Wednesday, we'll have a Send Central Citizen. And then later on in the week, maybe Mark Mathot, but definitely Stephen Halliday from the Ohio State University. For more, check us out on Twitter at Sens Central. We're on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. The Sens might be off, but we're here five days a week right on Locked On Senators. We can't wait to chat with you tomorrow. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.